Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting, broadcasting, broadcasting to the world. Broadcasting to the world, to the world, to the world. BlakeRadio.com. Music for your mind, body, and soul. Talk radio at its best. You're listening to Rainbow Soul. BlakeRadio.com. Well, greetings and welcome to Topically Yours on the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler. And I don't know if you don't, don't know this, but Lifetime Network is bringing a new docuseries to their Arts and Entertainment Network on Friday, June 5th. The name of the series is Preach, just like the song I just played. And it will feature four women who claim to be prophetess. Preach follows these poor Ohio prophetess as they tend to their respective flocks, heal wounds, both physical and psychic. The docuseries produced by Core Media Group showcases these four women who believe they have God-given gifts of prophecy, healing, and the ability to alleviate people of their addictions. The four prophetess are Belinda Scott, Linda Rourke, Peter Williams, and Kelly Cruz. These ladies also train and work with their protégés, and some of these protégés, I understand, feel like lost souls, while others struggle to balance their life, and they even have a Muslim lady who's converted to Christianity. So today I'm going to talk to two of these prophetess, well, Linda Rourke 
a Caucasian mm-hmm. woman who preaches like an African-American and spends her time working in minority neighborhoods where she seeks to bring the homeless back to God. It is also said Rourke has the ability to bring joy of spirit to her congregation and bring them roaring to their feet. And my other guest, Takeda Williams, who from what I saw in the promo video has a feisty and energetic style of preaching that consists of chest bumping and blowing those she heals off their feet. Her no-nonsense attitude says to those around her, well, I have the two ladies with me, so uh, why don't we welcome them to the show. Welcome to Keita Williams and Linda Roy. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much for having us. We're happy to be here today. Yes. I'm glad to have you. Well, why don't I start by asking you, Takeda, to tell the listeners something about yourself, uh, your background, and how you were blessed with your gift. Absolutely. Uh, my back, Well, first of all, I am a, a prophet, the feminine version of a prophet. The title is prophetess. It's just the, the female version of, of the prophet. I have been delegated and assigned by God. Uh, to speak on God's behalf in the earth. Um, He has given me a special ability to uh, gain insight regarding people's past, present, and even future. I am also a wife and a mother of of two wonderful children. I am a pastor in Columbus, Ohio. I am an international speaker. I am a Christian televangelist. I am an author of, of several books. I am a revivalist, a traveling speaker, just to name a few. And I am excited about being a part of Preach that will air on Lifetime here in the days ahead. How I received my call, actually, my husband over 20 years ago, we've been married for 23 years now, but over 20 years ago, my husband prophesied to me. He gave me a prophecy on why I was just a church secretary. I had no desire no ambition or anything for ministry. I was just happy working my corporate job and also uh, part-time as a church secretary. And I was comfortable in that. And one day my husband looked at me in a church service and he said, God told me that one day he was going to raise up your voice as a prophet and you would prophesy to many all over the world. Not only would you prophesy to many all over the world, but he also told me at that time that God was going to use me to prophesy out of Hollywood. And that was over 20 years ago, and I am walking in the manifestation of what my husband spoke to me at that time, and I am elated about it. It hasn't been an easy journey. However, God has anointed me and appointed me to do what I've been called to do. Now, I've also seen that they sometimes call you the Beyonce of of the preaching world, but do you think that is an apt comparison to be compared to Beyonce, uh, given that she's awful, she's occasionally seen in outfits that feature the goat god, um, Behemoth, and um, uh, claims to have a spirit that enters her named Sasha Fierce. So that's a kind of a strange comparison, would you say? Uh, well, when I, I looked at the comparison, it, I chuckled, actually. Beyonce is who she is in her own right. Um, I believe that each person has a sense of uniqueness and God created us all to be different. I think the similarity, as I um, thought about the statement, I think 
and again, this is just my perception of their statement, is uh, Beyonce, one thing about her is that she is courageous. Um, I think at the end of the day, what people relate me to as it relates to Beyonce, which I don't see a comparison myself, um, I am indeed a, a woman of God. I am a prophet of God, but I shake my hair when I preach. I wear blonde, platinum hair. Actually, I have three colors, but my major color is, is platinum blonde. And when I preach, because of, of the power in me, and, and, and actually there is a fire that burns in me that bursts forth out of me. And when it comes out, I just automatically, not purposeful, but I just shake my hair. I really believe that that's why people related me to Beyonce from that reason. No other reason. I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my Savior. and um, But I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the hair in some of my movements. Okay, I wanted to clear that up because I had read some things that people were saying. that. So I wanted you to clear that up to them, that uh, that's the comparison. Now, also, uh, Ms. Moore. Yes. Uh, could you answer the same question, please? Or should, should I repeat it to you? Or... Uh, no, I, re- I remember it clearly. Thank you. And, and thank you also for having us on the show. And I, I, there's, there's a statement that you read that I would like to clarify, um, that we are not psychics. Um, we don't no, no, operate. No, no, I wasn't saying you were psychic. I was saying that you, you, you heal them physically and psychic, which I meant mentally, mentally. Uh, okay, I want to make sure that was clear because there's a lot of controversy going on with that. Uh, yes, I would like to say that uh, 15 years ago, uh, I stepped in the office of, as a prophetess. I'm a pastor. I'm a co-pastor. I'm an author. I'm an evangelist. I travel extensively around the country. I preach in the gospel, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm a, a wife. I'm a grandmother. I have two beautiful uh, handsome young men, uh, my sons, and uh, so I'm just honored, you know, that God chose me as a life, as a prophetess. I didn't go looking for it. It found me, and I, I stepped in the office 15 years ago, and I'm just honored that God would even choose me as a vessel to, to bear his word, uh, to be that prophetic voice here on the earth, to bring life to dead things, and what I mean by dead things, people in this world that we live in today, there's so many things uh, that's going on, in, not only in the world, but in the church world. And I believe that God, even for this show, I believe God has raised up our voices to declare what thus saith the Lord and the truth, to let people see the true demonstration of the power of God. And so walking in, in that gift, and they call me the blue-eyed soul sister, I these pastor friends years ago, they first met me because normally when I talk, I'm humble and uh, quiet and people take me, you know, quite timid. And um, that when God uses me, the anointing comes on my life and it shifts. And so it was in Boston, uh, there was a pastor, Pastor Anthony Tripp. Triplet is his name. He's the one that started calling me the blue eye soul sister because the first time I met him, God came in their church and miracles and healings and deliverance begin to take place. So that's where I stand as a prophetess been in it for 15 years. Now, do you both heal? That's one of your gifts. Uh, how many gifts do you have? How, uh, and, and how do they manifest, I should say? Ask. Uh, well, 
I don't say I heal. Jesus Christ heals through us. Uh, he uses us as a vessel. Uh, I operate in all the nine spiritual gifts. There's nine spiritual gifts, and they're all flowing in my life. Um, the gift of faith, knowledge, and wisdom, and laying on the hands, prophecy, interpretation, and tongues. All those flow. It's nothing that I, you know, that I contribute. It's the Spirit of God flowing through me. Uh, when God instructs me with the word of knowledge, there's times I'm in the service. Recently just got out of the service. God said, you know, there's someone here, um, even said their name, gave their name and said, you know, you've got this certain issue going on in your body. And they would come up and, and God would just tell me, lay hands. I'm just a vehicle for God's anointing to flow through me. And so God said, lay your hands on them. I lay my hands on them. And the people are the ones that say they have an experience. They say they either feel heat, they feel a fire going through their body, some of them fall out under the power of God, and sometimes the Lord has me to blow on people, but Jesus blew on people, and he told them to receive the Holy Spirit, so the gifts are in operation, and I believe, you know, the Bible said we should desire spiritual gifts. Um, I desire the gifts, but I did not desire the office of a prophetess, because that comes with a great price. What is the price? A price is a lot of loneliness, a lot of rejection, a lot of hurt, a lot of betrayal. There's there's so many. The list could I could sit here all day on the phone and tell you the price, the sacrifices that you have to make to, to walk in that call. I mean, you have to totally sell out to yourself and die out to yourself. It's no longer about you, what I want to say or what I want to do. It's all about the kingdom assignment. And when I talk about the, the assignment that Jesus Christ has put on my life, it's not something that, you know, that, oh, I said, oh, I want to do this. I want to be this. I want to do this. It's nothing that I want to do. It's what? I have been called and chosen to do for such a time as this. Okay. Now, um, you you told me, did you tell me how you came to preach? I, I know how uh, Miss Williams came to preach. She had a calling, her husband told her. But how how, did, how was it delivered unto you? 22 years ago, 22 years ago, um, I was in my prayer closet, and uh, let me go back a little bit. There was a woman of God. Her name was Vicki Bachway. She she was a re, uh, an evangelist that came into our home church at that time and began to preach. The power and the anointing of God was so strong on her, and I had never encountered that. And I said, Lord, whatever that is, I want it. Whatever that, the spirit of the Lord, the anointing, the the the, the peace, the I mean, the tears would just flood out of my eyes when she would minister. I decided to go home, and literally when I say, when I went home, I lived in a trailer at this time, I threw every pair of shoes out of my closet, and I crawled in my closet, literally, and I sought the face of God. I mean, I sought his face. I wanted to know what my purpose was in life. I knew that I was just existing, but I wasn't living, and I knew there was more for me. And so I began to just pray unto the Lord, and as I began to seek him, it came uh, uh, in a full term, almost a year. The Lord then began to speak me, to me with such clarity, and he said, I've called you to preach the gospel. And I didn't get out of my prayer closet and immediately say, oh, yay, I'm going to go preach. I waited for God to confirm it through my pastor, through my headship, to validate it. I wanted a confirmation, not that I didn't believe the voice of the Lord, but I wanted a confirmation because, you know, we should make our calling an election. Sure, the Bible says. So even though I was seeking God for it, he spoke to me and said, I've called you to preach. This was 27 years ago. And and, and that's how it came about. You're welcome. And uh, Takeda, 
How did you, how did the, the network find you? Did you take the concept to the network or they came to you? And, and did you know each other, the four ladies before, uh, uh, the network found you or they brought you all together? Uh, actually, we did know each other prior. The network found me, um, when I was actually living in Florida. And uh, we go actually way back to about 2013 when uh, the the media company began to reach out to me. And at the time, I really wasn't interested at all. And I told my staff not to respond. However, they continued to um, aggressively pursue me to at least have conversation and discussion about um, what this call from Hollywood or what this um, endeavor was all about. And so finally, um, my family desired to be back in Ohio. So we transitioned um, back to Ohio. And uh, at that time, we came back. They reached out to me again through another individual that knew me and uh, communicated they had been trying to reach me for some time, but I wouldn't respond. And so I finally gave it a chance to at least have a discussion regarding what they wanted, and it turned out to be uh, a reality show on Lifetime. And so uh, one of the um, spearheads, she spearheads this whole movement here in this show, uh, Jenny Ramirez from Core Media Group, she stated that when she began to search out prophetesses in America, that I was the first one that they found. And so um, knowing the stigma that goes along with reality shows, it kind of caused me to somewhat shun um, even the idea of me being a part of anything of that magnitude. However, as I began to hear the vision unfold, and I believe that a part of the vision is to help people find answers in life. That's what I do. Wherever uh, you see a prophet in the scripture, God would oftentimes release prophets into a problem uh, that persisted in a person's life for the purpose of bringing about solutions. And as a prophetess, I am a very solution-oriented person. I help people deal with everyday problems. And people do have problems, and people want answers, and people want to know, how do I go beyond places of failure in my life? You know, how do I uh, fight beyond, you know, places of pain so that I can walk in greater levels of promotion and prosperity? What do I do? I'm having a problem with my children. I'm having a problem in my marriage. You know, I'm having a problem, you know, succeeding in my career. And that's my role as a prophet is to help people overcome life challenges and help bring resolutions to problems. And so when I uh, found that that was really the vision is to give people help. People go to psychics every day. We are not psychics. We are prophetesses ordained and called by God to speak on yes. God's behalf. And, and we are available to help people. We're here. And that's my passion. That's my purpose. When I agreed to do this show, it was, I don't want this for me. I was, yes. I'm happy being a pastor and, being a prophetess and being a wonderful wife and an incredible mom and writing books. I'm okay with that. I come on two major Christian television networks already. It wasn't that, oh, I want to be on TV. I'm already on television, you know, where God has blessed me to bless over 100 million people all over the world. So that wasn't my purpose, but my passion is to help others. 
It's in my blood. It's in my spirit. That's my heartbeat. And that's what I want to do. I want to help people that are sitting at home on the verge of having nervous breakdown to let them know I have a word for your situation and I can prophesy you back into your state of peace. And so I just want to be that go-between, between the people and God, to let them know that they can make it and they too can survive. Yes. Okay, I'm glad you said that uh, <clears throat> in terms of the prophet because a lot of people think it's prophesizing the future and that's not what you ladies do, correct? We, you know, we God, do have God. the ability to prophesy concerning things in, in the future. That prophecy is, is to um, foretell. That's the uh, yes. interpretation of prophecy. But the gift that comes along with prophecy is like the mm -hmm. word of knowledge, where God will give me insight into what a person has dealt with or what they're dealing with right now. But then speak forth that prophecy to let them know the turnaround or the favorable change that is scheduled to take place in the future. It also yes. comes with a word of wisdom that gives them mm -hmm. the instructions that they need to come out of where they are and get to where they need to be. So yes. prophecy is about speaking into the future, but the word of knowledge helps me deal with where I am right now. So in some sense, you're like psychiatrists and psychoanalysts that you're helping people with their problems and um, everyday problems that they have. And it's not so much that you're looking into their future like a psychic. And I want to make that clear because a lot of people are right. thinking that's what it's about, that you're mm -hmm. seeing the future. And that's not the case. Yeah. yeah. It, it's more than that. And one yeah. thing that um, I, I always say, the difference between a prophetess and a psychic is that a psychic may see it. But the prophetess, we have the ability to see it and change it because there's death and life in the power of our tongue. Our whole, our tongue, our mouth houses power and we can speak things into existence and watch them manifest and appear in others' lives. And that's the major difference. It's not good enough for me to see a problem, but what is it that I can say into your situation? that will cause your problem to become one of your greatest opportunities to prosper. Yes. I can change it. Mm -hmm. Now, <clears throat> Linda, you, you walk among the homeless. Tell me about your experience with that. I mean, do you, are you able to actually uh, help them find homes or what do you do? I'm not at that place to help them find homes. We do offer them uh, a place to eat in our ministry, World Commission Church. Uh, we go to the streets. Uh, we ask any way that we can assist them. Um, because of the neighborhoods that we do go through, there's a lot of drug addictions. And so some people will abuse your kindness. So we have to really be sensitive to the Spirit of God and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Uh, there's times, you know, individuals where we have helped them get into a uh, a rehab center that we don't have that facility for ourselves, that we would gear them toward that direction to, to get them on the right path. We have a ministry in Hamilton called Sojourners. That's where recovering 
heroin and drug addictions. I just had a nephew I had to go through that. And uh, so going on the streets and seeing people, you know, just broke and ministering life to them. And as prophetess uh, Takeda was saying, you know, as a role, as a prophetess, we are to uh, encourage people to and to admonish and direct and, and also to warn and, and just speak life into those people because they're just existing. They're not even living. And my desire is, and the reason I started doing that, Deidre, is because I've had family members that had uh, died because of drug substance. And I made a commitment, and I made a commitment, everyone that is on drugs, Lord, I, I'm going to go find them or you send them to me. And my heart and compassion is to see people set free from from those addictions and, and just go out and show the love of God, the pour the love of Jesus into them. Let them know, you know, somebody does care for you because a lot of those people we see, even the younger people, they're out on the streets is because they felt like nobody loved them. And a drug and an alcohol substance is something to smooth over their pain, even though it will never take it away. And the only thing that can take that pain is Jesus Christ and the love of Jesus Christ. I believe that. I'm a firm believer of that. I've seen it. I've ministered into the lives of people. I've ministered into the lives of those addicted on heroin, cocaine, uh, prostitution, alternative lifestyle, and just showing them the love of Jesus Christ, not judging them, but showing them the love. And I'm telling you, that was worth the weight of gold for me to see a life transformed out on the streets right before your eyes. I have a lady in my ministry right now is now one of my armor bearers. She's, she came off the streets from drugs. She was in the crack house. This is how powerful it is, going out witnessing, going outside the four walls. She was in the crack house, took the pipe, as went as far putting the pipe in her mouth and, and, and getting ready to inhale it. And she heard my voice of what I had said to her was uh, just ringing in her mind and in her heart the words that I told her before she came to church. And she put that crack pipe down, ran out, and came to church, and she's been serving the Lord Jesus Christ ever since. And so that's the reward of it, seeing a life change, forever changed. And I also uh, understand that to heal, that person also has to cooperate in their healing, that they have to want to be healed. They do. In order to they have to come to a place where they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. They have to come to a place. And, and, and I will say this. I had a sister at the age of 42 years old. She had called me and said, there's demons chasing her. I didn't know to the extent what she was talking about. It was these addictions that she had. And that's what she was referring to. She came to me and I told her, you have a choice right now to either live or to die. Either to live or to die. And it comes down to a choice. It does, Deidre. It comes down to a choice. We're not a savior. We can't save people. We can only be an instrument or a voice or a tool for God to work through and to let his healing power. We don't have the power to heal. Jesus Christ has the power to heal. And He, and if he says, I want you to lay hands, he says in the word of God, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not maybe, they shall recover. So it does come down to a choice. A person has to get to a place where they are sick and tired of living where they're living. I'll go back to my own testimony to clear it up the whole matter of it. I, back in the day, I would run in bars, sit on the bar stool, get stoned out of my head, smoke weed. But you know what? I end up on a hospital bed in a sick bed. My mother, being a, a Christian, came in and began to pray over me and asked me to go to church. 
I went to church over uh, about 28 years ago. I went to church, gave my life to Jesus Christ. Now, I had a choice. I could have said, well, I'm going to continue to run in the bars. I'm going to smoke my weed and pop my pills and do whatever I want. But I chose to live and not die. And it does come down to a choice. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm going to say something that's so powerful. Mm-hmm. That is, I must admit, I wanted, that was extremely powerful. Here's, yeah, go ahead, Tita. I wanted to say something about um, uh, the choice uh, situation, but but a little uh, further in that there are sometimes where people are not responding. I, I remember a situation where one of the ladies in my church had got in a serious motorcycle accident, and they didn't think she was actually going to live at all. She was not responding to anything at the hospital, hooked up on all types of machines, couldn't breathe on her own, just was basically in a coma. She she was in a coma. And my husband called me to the hospital. I got to the hospital, and the doctors were basically saying, there's nothing else we can do. And I opened up my mouth, and I spoke her name, and I told her to get up now. Nothing was working. She was a young woman about to die. When she heard my voice, she opened up her eyes and tears began to flow. She, she, she couldn't respond, but the voice, the prophetic voice, the voice of healing, the voice of breakthrough, the voice of deliverance, the voice of change woke her up from her helpless state, death was hovering over her. But when I walked in the room, the life of God came with me. There was another woman from our church in Florida, her son, same situation, about to die. I'm in Ohio. She's on the phone in Florida. I said, put the phone to his ear. I spoke to that young man. I said, get up in the name of Jesus now. And here's another situation. He opens his eyes. And yet he lives. And so there's some instances where people are helpless. They can't speak. They can't talk. They can't walk. They can't see nothing. And God will send us in there as an a, a emergency response team. We're like the paramedics, the 911 who shows up on the scene or sends our word. Because sometimes we don't always have to be there physically, but we can send a word and our words travel, and this may seem weird to some, but they travel airborne. My words can leave Ohio and enter into the state of Florida just to bring somebody out of what they're going through. Well, I believe that's the power of God. That's the power of God can go yeah. anywhere at any time, correct? Absolutely. It's not limited. Exactly. It's not mm-hmm. limited. God is is infinite. And unlimited. He's 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 all powerful. Indeed. Oh, um, are you speaking uh, with me? This I'll uh, tell you about my my protege. Uh, I'm sorry, honey. Go ahead, Prophetess okay, Takeda. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Prophetess. Okay. Uh, my protege. Um, her name is Rebecca. She is a mother of three daughters, and she's also a PK, which is a, a pastor's kid. She grew up in the church. Wow. However, um, she's just now finding liberty. I mean, liberty from addictions, uh, liberty from 
bondages and bad relationships, being freed from soul ties, coming into that state of purity. She's a single woman. She's not married. And uh, we believe the Bible that sex is honorable in marriage. And so she's coming to that state of purity and sanctification. She does have a pretty challenging past, and she was she was hopeless and she was helpless. And I believe that God assigned me to her life to help her. I say all the time, my role was to help take her from a broken piece to a masterpiece. And that's what I'm seeing happen. You know, Rebecca has, she's done all types of things. You know, everybody has a past, but she's emerging beyond the failures of the past. It's like she was in church for years, but never experienced the true power of God. She, she danced in church. She shouted in church, but she never lived a true life for the Lord while being in church. And I'm helping her, not just spiritually, but I'm helping her mentally. I'm helping her in her family. I'm helping her become stronger financially, you know, teaching her simple things about how to get your life together because it's, it's, it's not good to aspire spiritual things when you have natural things that are so disorderly. You know, we, we want to be whole both in our body and our soul and in our spirit. So I'm helping bringing wholeness and restoration to her life. She has a daughter that she hasn't seen in four years that I just found out about. So I'm helping her and giving her the wisdom how to reconcile again with her child and to have these different areas that she's literally shunned dealing with. I'm helping her to deal with her issues. I'm helping her to get her head together so she can finally get ahead in life. And the journey has been great, but it's also been incredible because I'm seeing some amazing results because she's an amazing young woman. She's gifted with an incredible dance gift. I mean, you wow. remember the show Fame? She performs at that level. And it's, she's never been to school for it. It's just a gift of God on her. And when I look at her, she's amazing. And I'm, I'm willing to, to give her what she needs so that she can continue to be all that she is supposed to be. And she finally has somebody in her corner, not fighting against her, but really on her side to finally help her. And that's my role. And, that gives and I her, thank God for yes. the privilege. It gives her the incentive to go forward and help another person too. Now, do you think men in particular have a difficult time uh, with uh, a woman such as herself that's imbued with the spirit of God because a lot of men don't understand that or, or am I wrong? Uh, some men, some men don't. I won't say all men because I have a man, my husband, who is totally with, <laughs> you know, everything that God has called me to do and he's not intimidated. I'll say this. It takes a strong man to handle this type of woman. It does. Yes, it does. yes. <laughs> yes I like that. Man. Yes, I got a strong got a man. man. Definitely. Yes. I would say. Yes. Definitely. Yes. And so I won't um, blanket that for all men, but there are some men that are intimidated. Just that's what our, our culture and our society, you know, we've said for years, this is a man's world. Well, you know, I beg to differ <laughs> because. Um, Me too. Really, this is God's world, and uh, <laughs> so he's given us dominion and power and authority despite our gender. 
And I really believe that this is the hour of the woman. I really do. I believe that we are becoming be yes. I I think in we're coming off the shadows. Yes, the return of the goddess, the goddesses, and we're coming out to bring heart. I think that's what we're here for, to bring heart to the world. Yes. Awesome. Now tell me about your protege, Linda. Yes, my protege, she came into my ministry. I don't want to say my ministry, our church, my husband and I's church, World Commission Church, and uh, sit in the very back row. Uh, She came in. She she had bad drug addictions. She danced in nightclubs, danced the poles. And I remember that particular night that she came in. I was ministering on the woman in the book of uh, Luke that was bound over for 18 years and how she was uh, a seed of Abraham. I, be, I remember what I preached uh, four and a half years ago. And I, I looked at her eyeball to eyeball. I'm not one that comes and gets people out of the seat. You know, I don't, you know, try to do that. But I looked at her and she had this certain look and all of a sudden she got up. She came walking down toward the front of the church. And this is exactly the thing that she said to me before she even got down to the altar and prayed. She said, I don't want to hurt nobody. And I said, what do you mean, baby? You don't want to hurt nobody. She had, she had. I mean, in her struggles, she had demons that she was fighting. And I said, you're not going to hurt nobody. And she came and she gave her life to the Lord. And ever since she's been clean, she didn't have to take no treatment, didn't have to go to no rehab. And actually, she's, you know, uh, one of my uh, protégés that I am just in awe of what God has done in her life. It, it just blows me away how that before her past, I mean, she has a very broken past. The list could go on and on and on. And how God has just raised her up and uh, pulled her out of the ashes, given her beauty for her ashes. And what she's doing today, she, you know, she's a part of this, uh, this series that's coming up in June that she is amazed how God has just transformed her life because when she came into the ministry, she was a type, she was like so needy. It was all her, me, myself, and I. It was all about her. And I used to tell her that she used to get on my nerves. I didn't even like being in her presence because it was all about her. She wanted to, everything to, you know, cater to her. But when I seen God transform her and take her from this caterpillar to this beautiful butterfly, it's just amazing. And I thought, Lord, what an honor to be able to be a vessel myself to pour in to someone that was at such a uh, detriment state, and now God is just raising her up, and I know God's going to use her in a powerful way. She has a love for God, a hunger for God. Like I, I've seen people in, in ministry and church for years that are nowhere near she has, nowhere near she is where, where she has grown leaps and bounds. And I just thank God for the privilege of being able to pour into her the oil, the anointing, and the wisdom and the knowledge that God has instilled in me to pour into her. Well, are they intimidated, your your uh, protégés, by the show? Because, I mean, that's a total change for them, right? Their it is a total change. It, it, I, I told my protégé, I told her, and Prophetess Takeda Williams, and you, you said it very clearly, if you can't swim, you need to get out. Uh, I told her she was a little bit intimidated. It was a, definitely a whole new arena for her. Here, you know, she'd only been saved four and a half years, and this it went from that to boom, it just blew up. And, and so I told her to keep yourself humble, uh, be true to who you are, 
in God, and uh, it definitely was intimidating to her. She she was very uh, uh, areas of her life where she had lack of confidence. She didn't think with the interviews that she was going to be able to articulate the right way because she slurs her words. And I said, it's okay, baby, because I slur mine too. It's okay. And so I think, you know, I just encouraged her along the way to let her know that, you know, God has called you to the kingdom, and, and there's a reason. There's a reason for all of this. And I think her broken past, she has a story to tell, for one thing. Her story, I cannot tell it like she can. I can only give you little bits and pieces. But through that, God has just coached her right along, and I think she's doing great. Well, even in the Bible, most of the great ones had some kind of infirmity. Isn't Absolutely. Moses the one that couldn't speak? And he had yes, to have he stuttered. his brother interpret for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. His brother Aaron and he told he told Moses, God told Moses, I'll speak it to Aaron and he'll be your he'll be your voice. You know, God God does do that. He takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the weak things to count, confound to confound the things that are mighty. God does that, and and I believe those that think they are less likely qualified, I believe that God says, okay, I want to write, I want to rise this one up because they don't think they're even qualified for this. I believe Gideon in the book of Judges. You know, he said, Lord, I'm the least in my father's house. I'm, I mean, we are poor. We're from. A, from Manasseh, I don't have nothing going on. Why would you want me to be your warrior to go and set people free? Why would you want that, God? I'm just paraphrasing. And God said, no, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. And here in his state of mind, he didn't see himself as no mighty man of valor. He seen himself poor at the bottom of the pole. So, yeah, and you know, me same here, I could go back to myself sitting here telling you, you know, I would have never dreamed that God would be using me at the magnitude that he's using me right now. Honestly, I wouldn't. But God takes the foolishness, the weak things to confound and the things that are based to confound the things that are mighty. He does that. It's just how God does things. I believe that. I believe that God comes through the humble. Yes, he does. One thing, Deidre, God told me a long time ago, he said, keep yourself on the floor. And I said, what does that mean? Keep yourself humble. And that's one thing I do in this ministry. I keep myself on the floor, seeking the face of God. It keeps me humble. Even in the midst of all the controversy, I'm seeking the face of God and, and just trusting in the Lord and humility. I mean, humility is the thing of staying humble before God, humility, brokenness. I agree. Now, you guys have taped already six segments. How do, you know, for those people that wonder, often wonder about how reality shows work, does a cameraman follow you around all all day on an average day, or how does that work? Go ahead. It's not a, no, they don't follow us every day, all day, by any means. We have busy lives. that, That may be the testimony of someone who has nothing going on in their life. However, we, I know, and I'm sure Prophetess Linda can say the same, we are busy women doing major things in the earth. And so actually they worked with our schedule. They did. They did not invade Uh, our privacy. You know, they Mm -hmm. asked for our schedules in advance. They filmed during times that we were available, times Mm -hmm. that we were not available. They were very understanding Yes. Um, they anytime it looked as if though we felt uncomfortable about something, mm-hmm. they shifted, they made changes, they made adjustments so that it would not take us out of our element. 
Because one thing that I'm committed to, I'm committed to the Lord, and I'm committed to the call of God on my life. I'm a woman yes. of integrity. I've yes. built character. God has built it in me over the years. And it was nothing that I, after working this hard to build it, is nothing that I was willing to sacrifice tearing down in a day. And so everybody knew clearly um, who I was going in, and they never tried to make me become something during the filming process. That is, they never tried to make me um, become something that I wasn't. Even when people see, like, the chest bumping, I'm like, that's lightweight, number one, to the things that um, God has used me to do in times past and secondarily. It's real lightweight as it relates to the things Jesus did in the Bible. And one thing that I found out about being a prophetess is that you cannot appease the under, to the understanding of people. If the Bible tells us, which one of my favorite scriptures says in Proverbs 3 and 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. So many times people um, don't comprehend because they lean to their own understanding and they're trying to figure out God. The natural mm -hmm. mind cannot comprehend a supernatural moment or a okay. supernatural move. That chest bumping came forth because God told me to do it. God ministers to people in different ways. For some, I lay my hands. For other ones, I'll tell them to turn around. And as you turn around, I declare to you that a turnaround is about to hit your life. And so there are different administrations of gifts, and God uses people in different ways. And That's prophets right. in the scripture were radical. And so, mm -hmm. um, but if you have a, a natural mind and you lean to your own understanding, and you're not open to obtain supernatural revelation, I knew the revelation of that. God told me after I did it, I sought the Lord and I said, God, why did you have me do that? He says, because in sports, he said, that was a man. So in sports, he's familiar with sports. In sports, when you chest bump, that's a sign of victory. He says, I was releasing victory in that man's life. I was giving that man the spirit of a conqueror. But just looking, you wouldn't know that. And so God uses us to do courageous things to yes. bring about well, do people, a powerful cause. Do people ever come back and uh, tell you how they've been healed or what you've done for them, how it's manifested in their life positively? Absolutely. Countless, countless testimonies. Um, one, of, one of the gifts that God has blessed me with is the gift of healing. Um, physical, mental, emotional. But one woman in particular, I'll never forget her. I was in a service, and usually when I preach, I preach, I have a preaching towel, this towel. Usually I carry a black towel and I wipe my face because I exert so much. And I was, took my preaching towel, and the Lord told me to take my preaching towel and lay it on her breast, one of her breasts. And uh, he says, because he's about to perform a supernatural healing in her body. Well, I did that. She went out. She was slain. When you, someone goes out under the power of God, that's called slain in the spirit. God was doing something supernatural in her. Got back up and came to herself. 
She said, the doctors just told me I had stage three breast cancer. I didn't know that. All I know is God says he's about to heal her body and put your tile on her breast. She said, the doctor said I had stage three breast cancer and they want to perform surgery on me. I looked at her. I said, no, you go back and you tell the doctors to check again because the Lord just supernaturally healed your body. She went back to the doctor and the doctors were just really not okay with checking her again, but she was aggressive. She said, I got a word from my prophetess and my prophetess said to check again. Well, they put her back under and the doctors were amazed. They were baffled because they saw no cancer there. The cancer was gone. Stage three breast breast cancer, supernaturally healed because I did something Mm -hmm. courageous. I took a sweaty preaching towel that the Lord said, lay on her breast because I'm going to heal her body. And the healing came forth and the testimony came forth. Many, many people have testified of the power of God that has been released through my life. And I think the more the people believe, the greater the healings are. And we sorely need it in the world for sure. I mean, we're, yes. Yes. we seem lost yes. almost. It, uh, do you find that in, in your ministry, no matter what faith that people are, are, are seeking, or they, they just seem lost right now mm-hmm. looking for something? Do you, do you find that yeah, to be they, so? Yes, I do. People are seeking. They are mm-hmm. so, they're thirsty and they're hungry. They do. They want answers. They want solutions. People want to know why. Why have I gone through the things that I've gone through? What's next for me? A lot of people are just at a plateau. You know, people want to be progressive in life. You know, people want to be successful in every area of their life. And they are seeking, and they want answers, and they want peace, and they want joy, and they want to be healed. And that's what we're here for, to help them find answers in life so that they can get ahead in life. That's my passion. I love to help people. I'm sorry. Are there many prophetesses? I mean, that's such a special gift. Uh, Have you met many? Are there many out there like yourself? Uh, Oh, I I believe, um, I believe that there are a lot of women preachers, but (laughs) the office of the prophetess, which is a prophet, is very rare. You know, most of the prophets that we see that have emerged into prophetic ministry have been men. I do. Um, mm-hmm. But I believe that more women prophetesses are uh, coming forth in this hour. Yes. I believe that a lot of apprehension to people accepting the call of the prophetess is because, as Prophetess Linda said, and I live by that, is the price that you have to pay. You know, as mm-hmm. a woman, you know, you have mm-hmm. to pay a price. You know, mm-hmm. as a female preacher, you have to pay the price. Prophetess, for some, that sounds quite spooky. You know, well, and, and, I would and think you get a lot of skeptics and, and critics. Mm-hmm. I, I, after um, growing in it, I think some of the skepticism decreases because people begin to see your work. And you, yes. after a time, you don't have to tell anybody that you're a prophetess because they will see it. Those that 
that know. Yes. And those that yeah, see something yes. unique mm-hmm. and different, they'll begin to see yes. it on you. They'll begin to see yes. your works and what God uses you to do in the earth begin to speak concerning what mm-hmm. you've been called to do because they mm-hmm. see the manifestation of it. Yes. Well, you're right. The proof is always in the pudding. Now, there's something that I always wondered about, and it's the speaking of tongues. What is that? I mean, I understand it's a spirit speaking in a different language or whatever, but what comes of that? What's the purpose of that, actually? Okay. Would you like, I can answer. Uh, who are you, who are you asking, honey? She, I think she's uh, asking the both of us. Okay. Okay. I I would say uh, their tongues are for um, several, have several different um, meanings yeah, and interpretations. There's, mm-hmm. there's diver tongues one, and interpretation of tongues. Mm-hmm, right. One, we see that um, after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we see that he sends his spirit into the earth. He sends his disciples into a place called the upper room, and they are there just waiting on his spirit to arrive. Mm-hmm. His spirit mm-hmm. comes in the form of, uh, we say, the, the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God. And when the spirit of God came into the upper room, the Bible said, fire, yes, yeah, fire fell upon their tongues, and they began to speak in a different tongue or a different uh, language, if you will. It came in the form of fire coming upon their mouth. And so uh, one tongue is for the purpose of uh, us receiving the presence of God, the spirit of God, the power of God, the fire of mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Um, other times in the scripture, God used tongues when he was going to deliver a special message. Those mm-hmm. types of tongues require an interpretation where mm-hmm. I'm speaking in a language that people don't understand. God gives an interpreter uh, the revelation of what he's saying, you know, in the language that people can understand because he wants to say something to a people. Also, the Bible tells us to pray in the spirit or pray in tongues to build ourselves up in our most holy faith. Holy faith. So mm-hmm. speaking in tongues gives us strength. It builds our stamina. It builds our faith. It gives us longevity. It gives us supernatural ability to do what we could not do by ourselves. Tongues have various different meanings as to the purpose that God gives us tongues. Thank you for answering that because I always wondered about that. Now, your your show has been taped already six segments. Are you continuing after that or what happens after the six segments? I don't know. Yeah, after the six segments, just as it is with any other show, um, however, they, uh, I'm sure the network has a criteria or things that they have in place to decide on any show whether or not you're going to receive a second season after that. So um, this is just our first season. We're excited about it, and we'll just see what happens next. We'll all want to be prayerful. We know it's going to be a blessing. It's not with some of the people that um, I would mm-hmm. call, for lack of a better word, critics. It's not mm-hmm. what the critics think. It is really a blessing, and it models the love of Jesus Christ in operation, and it's mm-hmm. showing us as women of God helping people that are in great need. 
And I, I believe it's going to be phenomenal. So I'm looking forward to what's next. Yes. Well, I want to thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that either of you wish to say or both of you or nothing at all? Uh, is there anything more you'd like to say that I haven't asked? I know for me you've been very thorough, and I you've asked some great questions. Great questions, yes. and I hope it brings a lot of meaning and clarity to people who did have questions. Absolutely, yes. Great, then. Thank you so much. I want to say that uh, Preach is the name of your show, and, and it's quite apropos. And it's going to be airing Friday, June 5th at 10 p.m. I'm not sure, is that Eastern Standard Time, uh, Pacific Time, yes. or... It's Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard, 9 Central. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, folks, tune in. You've just heard these two wonderful ladies talking about their faith and and their healing and their mission, and it seems God-orientated. So, listen, check it out. We all need God in our lives, and I'm happy to have these ladies come on and talk to us about their show and their mission. Thank you. uh, Thank you again for having us. Thank you. And thank you, Linda. It's been my pleasure thank to you, have Deidre. you both on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, right. Wonderful. Thanks again. Have a blessed day. Thank you. And and this is in the Blake Radio Network, Rainbow Soul. I'm your host, Deirdre Schuler. And as I said, uh, we've been talking to Linda Rourke and to Keita Williams today. And these are the prophetess of the show Preach. And they're two other ladies, so Belinda Scott and Kelly Cruz, so stay tuned and tune into their show for their spiritual message. And now we're going to end the show. Um, well, I'm going to play the song Preach Again, so hang in there, ladies and gentlemen, and again, I thank you both ladies for coming on the show and being my guest today. Thank you, Deidre. Have a blessed day. Mm. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye for both of you. Bye. Thank you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.